Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Aaron Gordon here, and we're back here with the Aaron Gordon Podcast. I have my special guest, Eli Holman, here. He played uh, with my brother, Eric, at Indiana. So, you know, our ties go, what, this is now 14 years. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you know, talk about, obviously, you know, most people, you know, that, you know, pay attention probably already know who you are, a lot of Indiana fans here. So, you know, talk about how you guys started in the basketball growing up in, the Cal- growing up in California. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, you know, basketball really wasn't my thing. I, I didn't start playing until I was a freshman of high school, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was uh, it was more so of something to do to kind of keep myself busy. And then growing up and I ended up growing to, to liking it to where I got pretty good at it. And uh, I mean, I guess I got good enough to where my junior year I signed with Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and um, got a chance to play with, you know, I mean, DJ White and Jordan Crawford. And of course your brother, Eric Gordon, you know, all good friends still to this day. So it's, um, and it, and it carried me over to my overseas career. So it, it, it's been really uh, a good long road for me, even though I started as a freshman in high school. Yeah. So, you know, what was that like, you know, when you were committed to Indiana and, you know, obviously Jordan Crawford commits, my brother commits later on, DeAndre Tom, all these guys, they all commit. And, you know, you were one of the first people to commit, you know, what was that like, uh, going there because I know when you first committed you know you were one of the first ones you, you weren't sure it was going to turn out like that <laughs> I, I didn't but you know it was a, it was a great experience when I went um, uh, um, I actually I actually met your brother when I went um, I met uh, Jordan Crawford and a few of the guys Brandon McGee you know Armand Bassett and all them guys DJ White and it, it was actually it was actually a, a really fun experience in the beginning you know obviously before the coaching change, things like that. But mm-hmm. it was it was a real fun experience because it's, it's kind of like we all hit it off right from the gate. Like we all grew up together and we all knew each other. And that is a good yeah. fun experience, especially when you got a kid coming from California, from the yeah. West Coast all the way to the <laughs> Midwest, you yeah. know. So it, it was, I mean, um, it was a great experience for me. I mean, overall. Yeah, it was kind of fun because like I, I watched you guys one time and you what's so funny is you're actually one of my favorite players that one of my brothers ever, you know, played with because, you know, you were long, you know, you could dribble, you know, you still had the handle and everything. And you played, you know, a little bit of inside out could guard. And it was so funny is, is like I told Eric, you know, I was so excited to watch you play. Um, obviously, I was excited to watch DJ play, too. Um, so, you know, talk about your freshman year a little bit. You know, obviously, you know, you got hurt earlier on, which, you know, really bummed out. You know, I experienced you know, that a little bit my freshman year too, you know, just, you know, you know, you know, battling with that. But what was that like, uh, you know, just battling through injuries, you know, your freshman year? First of all, man, let me say thank you, man. I never knew that, man. I, never knew <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate that compliment, man. That goes a long way, man. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I did, I ended up battling a, um, a wrist injury. I ended up, I ended up, I ended up, the first injury I fractured the wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came back a little, I came back a little too soon, which ended up actually breaking the wrist, yeah, uh, yeah. which I was in the cash for so long. And, um, I actually, I had, had to take a medical red shirt, but, um, I mean, you know, that was tough. You know, I mean, you want to get out there, you want to play the, to me, the toughest thing is an athlete yeah. is watching yeah. from the sidelines, um, um, for whatever reason. And especially, but let it be an injury. I mean, but, um, it was really devastating. I mean, Obviously, the the team. I mean, they took. I mean, they took on the challenge. They continued to battle. I mean, we continued to win. We had fun doing it at the same time. Um, but the one thing I will say, though, even getting hurt, I thought I wouldn't be able to practice things like that. But one thing I loved about uh, Coach Sampson was um, I never forget when I put the when when we had the um, the cast on. He went to uh, Tim, who at the time who was the who was the head trainer. And said, "Hey, we have some bubble wrap. 
And he was like, yeah, we got some bubble wrap. He was like, hey, I want you to bubble wrap Eli's calf. And Eli, go get dressed because you're about to practice. And I was like, wait, I got I'm, my hands on the cast. You want me to practice? And the only drill I ever did was the um, was the rebounding drill when he put the bubble on the rim. But, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. It was fun. I I mean, I had I had a blast doing it. And uh, But at the end of the day, when it came time to suit up to play, mm-hmm. that one kind of stung a little bit. Yeah, I know that's definitely tough, uh, you know, just being able to go through that process. But obviously, you know, you transferred to Detroit and obviously had an amazing career there. You know, what was that like, you know, going through that process of, you know, transferring? Obviously, Ray McCallum was there, but, you know, what was that entire process like going from Indiana to Detroit? Oh, man, to be honest with you, man, it was very a humbling one. I mean, coming from Indiana, I mean, IU, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the Hoosiers, you know, coming from that kind of his basketball historical background mm-hmm. where, I mean, the entire city of Bloomington is college town. Yeah. Going to Detroit, which was, you know, obviously, you know, people hear Detroit, they're like, oh my God, right? Detroit. And actually playing in Detroit was big, was a big difference. It's a smaller university. The classrooms were smaller. The obviously it wasn't uh, Callahan hall is, uh, is not a, is not assembly hall. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so definitely smaller, you know, you're going from 20,000 fans at assembly hall to maybe a, a place that's just 5,000. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, so, but, but overall, um, it was fun. I mean, it was, it, it was, once I got into the flow of things, I actually had to sit out that year, uh, you know, that transfer year, but once getting into the flow of things, it was just, it was like, it was like a cakewalk because now you had a player who was recruited and played at a high major mm-hmm. and ended up transferring to a mid-major. And so I was bigger than a lot of the centers. I was, you know, stronger than a lot of centers. So I used that to my advantage to, to have a successful career at Detroit Mercy. So what was that like? You know, obviously the Horizon League was no joke, when, you know, back when you were in there. Obviously, you know how you guys had a lot of good teams. And what was so funny is, is uh, we actually watched film. Um, our coach had us watch film of Valpo when they played against you guys and meet you guys on the buzzer beater. And I was talking about coach. I'm like, and that's Eli. I mean, I didn't know that, you know, your team was so good there. You guys were so, you know, you guys were so solid and, you know, actually, you know, watching the highlights and film of that, you know, that shows how good the, the entire league was. I mean, obviously, you guys had Butler, you guys had Valpo, you guys had a ton of really good teams in that league. You know, what was that like, you know, going to the Horizon League? And, you know, were you, were you a little shocked that, you know, put, you know, teams were this good? I was. I was. You, I mean, you take teams like Cleveland State when they had Norris Cole. Yeah. Uh, you know, you take teams like Valparaiso when they had yeah. uh, broke, broke off, off. you yeah. know. So you, Butler, when they had obviously uh, Aaron Gordon, and then uh, I mean I'm sorry, not Aaron Gordon, uh, <laughs> Gordon, sorry, Hayward. Uh, Gordon Hayward, and um, and uh, um, and Matt Howard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean it was just it was different because, and I mentioned them teams because them were the teams when we played. It was it was like nut up or shut up. Yeah, you know, Valparaiso was really good, uh, and then I and I ended up getting the transfer in um, in um, in Brandon Wood. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was, it was shocked me because, you know, I didn't think it would be that competitive like the Big Ten is. You know, you got your yeah. Michigan States and your Michigans and your Ohio House. And so it, it was, it was, it was definitely an eye opener for me when you had players in the league that actually helped make their team good. Like, I mean, I mean, when you have player of the years and, and broke off at, 
at Valparaiso. And then you have, you know, uh, Norris Colton winning championships at, at Cleveland State. I mean, it's just, it was one of them things where it shocked me to say, wow, the Horizon League is good. And then Butler going back to back to yeah. the finals in the yeah. tournament. I mean, I mean, it, it really shocked me because I didn't, because, you know, I didn't, at Indiana, I never heard of the Horizon League. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was so to sort of complain the Horizon League and be like, wow, there's some actually good teams and players in the Horizon League to where, like I said, Butler repeats took back to back, which was huge yeah. for the Horizon League to, you know, to go to NCAA finals. It was really, it was really an eye opener to me. I'm going to be honest with you. It really shocked me. Like, wow, our league is really good. So what was that experience like? I mean, obviously, you know, was it this past it was this past year when you got your jersey retired, or was it? It was two yeah. seasons or last season. Um, January twentieth, twenty twenty. Yep, yep. Okay, okay. So that was mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. You know, what was that experience like? And I mean, obviously, not that many players in in all of college basketball will ever get their jersey retired. Like that's a crazy feat. Like I don't think that there's that many people I know that actually have their jersey retired in their, you know, college program. What was that feeling like? And how did you get the call? How did it all go? Oh man, uh, the call came about. I want to say mid December. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know. Uh, you know. My grandfather called me, who lives in who lives in Detroit. Mm-hmm. He called me and he said, "Man, I got some good news. Are you sitting down?" I'm like, I'm, "You know, I'm, I'm. I just got in from practice." <laughs> and I said, "Yeah." You know, because I was in China at the time. Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, I'm sitting down. What's going on?" He was like, "Hey, just want to let you know, you're going to be the youngest guy in history." Mm-hmm. to not only enter to the Hall of Fame, but to have his jersey retired. And I was just like, huh? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, like, that's not even possible, man. I mean, I've only been out of college for, I mean, I don't think it was even double-digit years or, yeah. or just about double-digit years. And I'm like, wait a minute, that don't even sound right. Yeah. And it didn't hit me, honestly, because obviously we're still playing mm-hmm. and things like that. I told the team, they ended up letting me go home January 21st after the game. It didn't really hit me until I got off the plane in Michigan. Yeah. And that's when it really hit me like, wow, I'm really here at the time of being um, 30 years old. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 30 years old with your jersey. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm about to get my jersey retired. I mean, it was just, it was amazing because you look at a lot of the the Titan greats up there. Terry, you know, uh, Dave DeBusher and and, and Durod and and, yeah. and Rashad Phillips and all them, you know, all them great names. Earl Curitan, all them great names. And it's like, wow, I'm the youngest yeah. to do it, you know, at 30 years old. And and it's, it was an honor. I mean, words can't even really describe how I truly felt to get up there and to see my jersey being raised in the Raptors was just truly an amazing um, um, honor. It was a blessing. And I mean, to, I mean, the call initially didn't really do nothing for me. Honestly, <laughs> it was the more like I'm, I'm flying home. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, obviously we had Chinese new year. So we had a break. Yeah. I'm flying, you know, before COVID really just took off, but mm. I was like, I'm flying home so I can have my Jersey retired at the University of Detroit Mercy and the youngest to do it. And it was just, I mean, it was just, when I got there, my heart was racing, my palms were sweating. Yeah, I didn't really know what to say when they gave me the <laughs> mic. And it was just, so it was, I mean, it was a huge honor for not just for me, but for my family and for the fans as well. Yeah, I know that had to be a crazy feeling. So obviously you played your rookie year in the Israeli Premier League. What was that like? What was that process like, you know, going all the way, you know, overseas to play your, you know, your rookie year? Um, It was, it was, it Honestly, I will say for my 
first year overseas, I was really blessed to be in a place like Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, I know some people are not as lucky, yeah. but I would say I'm, I was really blessed to be in a place like Israel. I mean, obviously it was the team's first first time in the, in the top division. We lost in the semifinals to, to, to players that I would end up becoming friends with, like Dante Smith at the time, who, you know, we played on numerous teams together. But um, it was a good experience, man, because, you know, you, I'm in another country. I'm all I'm far away from home. It's a, there's a time difference. There's there's a there's a culture shock difference. Um, you know, I'm I'm living on my own. You know, I got to fend for myself. And yeah. uh, practices were practices were pretty easy. We had a players coach. So you know, <laughs> and he lived in Tel Aviv. You know, I played in a lot, which is yeah. a, like 30 minute flight. And he lived in Tel Aviv, so practices were like an hour because he had to get on the flight and head back home yeah. to the wife and kids. But we, I mean, and so we had pretty much 23 hours out the day to ourselves, yeah. but it was a really good experience because I got to meet great people. I got to meet, I got to learn about their culture. I got to, you know, I mean, they have a month that like September is like the worst month to be over there. Cause you're like, you can't drive on certain days. Yeah. You can't do a lot of stuff. And, but I got a chance to make a, I like, it was the beginning of, for me to start a, a new family. Yeah. And I did, and I took advantage of it and I, and I, and I ran with it. And to this day, man, I can show you messages from the fans. They just, they just love it. They, we want to come back. And it was just, I mean, that's the kind of impression that I left. And as, and as a basketball player, I don't care if you play in the NBA, I don't care if you play overseas. That's the kind of impression you want to leave with, with fans and people, you yeah. know, you want, you know, you want to be impressionable, likable. You want to, you know, when people respect you as you respect them, you know, you don't, you don't want to be like, Hey, I'm the guy. Yeah. You know, that stuck up, you know, whatever. And I wasn't, and I embraced every moment of it. I got a chance to swim with dolphins, never done that a day in my life. <laughs> so it was things that I experienced in Israel that I probably would have never experienced if I didn't go. So yeah. it was a great first transition for me. So obviously, you know, you know, years down the line, you know, you're now playing in China and, you know, so it's a lot different than, than you know. It is. Well, so, you know, what was that like, you know, going to play in the CBA and, you know, having your career in China? CBA is a whole lot different. Yeah. There's, you know, in Israel and Turkey and a lot of them places, they spoke, they, a lot of people spoke English. Yeah. So you, you go into a, a, a obviously China's a, a, a nice big market outside of the NBA. So you're going into a whole different ball game to where you're going from playing with three, four, five, six Americans on your team. And I was only two of you on each team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the first quarter, only one American can play. Uh, at a time, second and third, both Americans, fourth quarter, same thing as the first quarter. Yeah. So it was it was a big shock. I mean, the food was definitely <laughs> when I tell you, I think my first year I spent so much money eating out because I didn't you know, when I asked for shrimp fried rice, I got the shrimp with the heads on it. These are things that I wasn't used to <laughs> in the custom to yeah. in the States and things like that. Like, hey, you want some shrimp? I, I you know, <laughs> cook. I don't want the whole head. I mean, it was so yeah. it was different. So it was definitely a culture shock. But um, I embraced it, man. I embraced it to the point where uh, before I even left, after my first year, the team I was on wanted to sign me for a two-year multi-deal. So a total of three years being with them. And that was a, a blessing. Uh, and then, I mean, I played in China for seven years and only played for two teams. I mean, that should tell you that's, that's, that's a real blessing, man. So, um, but it was definitely, I mean, even to this day, even being there for so long, it's like, it never fails. Something will shock you over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be the fans. It could be the food. It could be the players. I mean, 
I learned something new every day when I was over there uh, with and without my teammates. To um, I picked up a couple of you know small things like the language, just a little bit to get me where I need to go. I, I can get into a taxi. <laughs> yeah, Evan said Mandarin is stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can get to taxi and go eat, you know, and things like that. So it's it's um, I really had fun there. Mm-hmm. I really did. So and it was a good um, and it made it easier to know that 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 was my home for you know each time I played with a team they extended the contract. That was good to know. It was my home for six seven years. So, you know, instead of having to go every, everywhere and learn a, a new culture again, have to adapt again. So that was that was a really fun for me and my family. My family got a chance to come out and visit. So so that was awesome. So um, obviously, you know, you played uh, uh, a summer in the summer league um, in 2012. What, what was that experience like? You know, a lot of people, especially a lot of young players, you know, they always wonder what is it like, you know, playing in the summer league? Uh, it was fun, man. I um. I got a chance to play with the Rockets uh, uh, one year, ended up getting hurt, had a hip pointer, mm-hmm. ended up getting hurt. I mean, I, uh, and, you know, at the time, Samson was assistant coach at, you know, for them. Um, and obviously before getting hurt, it was, it was different. It was, it was a fun experience. Yeah. You know, it was a fun experience because, you know, you meet so many guys, you meet first round draft picks, you meet lotteries, you meet everything. I mean, you know, um, uh, it was good to know. I mean, it was it, it wasn't like a star sh- shock, starstruck thing because I played with two first rounders. I played with a lottery pick, which was your brother, of course, and I yeah. played with DJ White, who was a first rounder. Mm-hmm. So um, it was it it was really it was really um, um, uh, a good experience for a guy like me to learn from a lot of them older vets too. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys that were that you know come in and play one or two games, uh, Chandler Parsons and all them guys yeah. come and play one or two games and. You know, it was good to learn from a lot of the vets who've been there. Um, you know, uh, uh, Greg Smith, you know, big guy, you know, learning from him at the time. So it, it was a good experience to soak up some of that wisdom that they had so I can add it into, you know, into my world and, and into my game, which was especially off the court, which was huge. So, you know, talk a little bit about the Eli Holman Foundation. I, I follow that on Instagram um, and, you know, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I was I was really happy, you know, to see all the stuff that you're doing. So can you just talk a little bit more about, you know, what that's all about and how you got it started? Um, I, ever since I was a kid, I always loved to help give back. I, I mean, I love giving back. I was um, I mean, if we if, if we drove past somebody that was less fortunate than us and they were holding a sign. If I had money, if I had food, whatever I had, I would give. And I always told myself, and I told my mother when I was a kid, well, if I ever grow up and get some money, I'm going to give back. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously that was years down the line and finally was able to, you know, to be blessed in my position. So I decided I want to start a nonprofit foundation, which is a family, family-run organization mm-hmm. to where, uh, you know, I want to extend to youth and, and, and to even some older people, the opportunity that they that may or may not have mm-hmm. due to their situations, whether it's finances, whether it's the communities that they're in, you know, whether they lose a job or things like that, you know, which is which has been something that we've done for years. You know, right now we're really big on giving back as far as food and things like that. That's something that we've been on for now for about for about almost a year. And, and we partner with a church here called uh, First Andy. Mm-hmm. And to every Tuesday and Thursday, you know, we get back, we do the, 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 the drive-by food banks where you leave your trunk open, we put boxes of food, you know, and we give it to you on amount of how many is in your family, 
you know, and to know that every Thursday we give out to 297 cars. Yeah. So, and I mean, and that's not counting how many people is in that house. We're talking about over thousands of family members that are eating for at least that week. And it makes me feel good. I mean, that sometimes you'll see me even out there, you know, giving back and things like that. So it's little things like that to help get back to, to not only just to the youth, but to families in need, because, you know, a lot of people aren't blessed or uh, um, being or, or situations like, like we are. So, and, um, and I never look down on people because of their situation. So um, I love giving back. We've always loved giving back, you know, you know, we haven't really, um, I kind of stepped away from the basketball teams, like bringing in the teams to, and just, and kind of dove more into the communities. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, I mean, when I first started, I did the teams, boys and girls teams, but I kind of dove into the communities, which, which I think is a better fit for me personally. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you've been, um, you know, all, all across the world and I see your partners on there, you know, you have partners from all across the world. What was that, you know, uh, process like getting partners from all across the world in the Eli Holman Foundation? It was huge, but like, you know, um, that, that goes back to me saying adapting in, and then relationships, mm -hmm. you know, where you can have relationships, where I have relationships with people in China, people in Lebanon, people in Turkey, people in Israel. Them are them are relationships that you could because you never know. You never know if you may need them or if they may need you. And you and I always believe you never know who you're talking to. You know, there was one guy that I played with in Lebanon, and uh, to only turn out, you know, I mean, he's a well successful businessman beyond basketball. Mm -hmm. so you know so whenever i need something or i can't get something done or i need hey where can i get this or there has to be a broth over from abroad he's really helpful in the things that we do he's he's been a good contributor uh his name is fatty katib he's been a good contributor in the eli holman foundation and 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 i mean it's 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 that's the kind of thing that leaves marks mm -hmm. you know i'm sure if i was a, a um a, a butthole or whatever I was to people, I'm sure they wouldn't be reaching out to help. And, um, you know, and it's, and, and it's just like how the Eli Holman foundation, um, there was an explosion last year in Lebanon mm -hmm. to where, you know, we sent a check out to Fatty Khatib and his family to get back to the community. So it's things like that, that, you know, you, you know, we help each other and, um, and you're right, man. I mean, the partners come from just man the relationships, just the, just, you know, two good people or several good people getting together and just kind of uh, embracing life outside of basketball. So um, what's so funny is, is, you know, I remember this uh, when I think it was Eric or, or is what was my dad or some, someone that told me that you had a daughter and um, you know, I was like, really what? And then, you know, like, it's funny, you know, like now I see she's like, she's big now. And, you know, now you're making like dance videos with her. So, <laughs> you know, it's absolutely great to see that. Um, so, you know, what, what was that like, you know, just having a daughter, um, obviously still pursuing your basketball career, which is, you know, really tough. Um, you know, what was that like, you know, having to, you know, juggle that and, and, you know, still having to be there for her and still, you know, trying to balance your, your career. It made not going to say impossible, but it, it made things a little, a little bit more difficult, especially, you know, you know, I had her in college. Mm -hmm. So, uh, going to my sophomore year of college, it was so it was it didn't make things impossible, just a little more difficult because now I don't have any money. I'm in college, uh, you know, so I'm relying on family and friends to help, um, you know, obviously take care of my child. And um, 
but at the same time, it was motivation. Yeah. It's like, okay, now I got to, now I have somebody that's going to, that, that is depending on me, even to this day is depending on me to provide, to be a great dad. So there were things that I used to do. I couldn't do anymore, obviously. And there were things that uh, I, had to not, I had to buckle down and be like, okay, I have to make it. There's, I have to be successful. No, and, and and that was in any aspect, not even just sports. It was just I had to be successful so I can provide for my child and also be able to teach my child one day the values of hard work and dedication. And now she's about to be, you know, she's about to be 12 years old. Uh, you know, she got me on this TikTok. Yeah, I see those videos. <laughs> yeah, man. She got me on TikTok and and it shocks people because they're like, oh, how's your daughter? She's like 16. I said, no, my daughter is about to be uh, 12 and she's 5'10. Yeah. <laughs> so, she, so she's so she's definitely an athlete. So, yeah. um, you know, so it, uh, she was very humbling for me in my life. She was very humbling for me in my life because it made me buckle down and she became my motivation. So obviously, you know, this, uh, you know, you know, knowing you from over over the course of time, I know that you're a car guy, so. You know, what's your favorite car? We all know that you have a, you know, a Ram truck and then a Rolls Royce. So, you know, what's your favorite car? And what, you know, what are those cars like? You know, honestly, it's funny. My two favorite cars are the cars that I have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. Um, I've, I've always been a pickup truck guy because you never know, man. You got to help somebody move or do things like that. And I just and I just love sitting high. You know, I love yeah. sitting high. So obviously I got to raise up a little bit, you know, not not overly dramatic, but um, you know, and I've, so I, I love trucks. I'm a Dodge guy. So I love Dodges. Um, Rolls Royce has always been a dream car. Uh, I actually just bought it last year. So, you know, I kind of waited. Um, it's, it's been my dream car for, for a long time. And, um, I thought it was time to kind of treat myself a little bit. You know? <laughs> so, and I did, but I mean, I cars in general, I love though. I mean, I'm, I love Cadillacs. I love, you know, I love, I mean, I'm 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 looking at maybe even even investing in getting like a 1978 El Dorado drop top. Well, what's so funny is you know you being from California and then you come to Indiana and then you going to Detroit. It's like you have to be a car guy. Like you're yeah. like you know <laughs> where cars you know is where it's at. You know, so that stuff is crazy, man. Because you know how does how does the the, the Dodge Ram drive? As man, it rides smooth, man. Um, it's actually my second one. My first one, um, you know, I kind of, I, it's ran its course. I gave it to my older brother. Uh, the one I have is the Dodge Ram Rebel. So it's more for off-roading, which yeah. in Vegas ain't nothing but mountains and dirt. So it's perfect here because yeah. I do a lot of off-roading up in the mountains and things like that. So um, it's I mean, it's a smooth ride for me, man. I love it. It's, it's Obviously, it's my everyday because, you know, I don't drive double R every day. Um, well, I got so, a Jeep Gladiator. So I'm looking forward to off-roading too, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my, I mean, my first, my my uncle gave me my first ever car. It was a Jeep Cherokee in in Detroit, oh. and I loved it, man. I loved yeah. the Jeeps. Um, it was so it was it, it was awesome, you know. I actually the truck and the Rolls Royce are my first cars I've ever bought on I've ever bought in my entire life. My, all my other cars was given to me from family members. And that's a blessing, man. That's yeah. So then was my first two cars I ever bought in life. So it was really it. So that's been, man, really such a blessing, man. When did you move out <laughs> to Vegas? I want to say 2017, March, March 7th of 2017. I moved out to Vegas, been here ever since. Um, uh, my family's kind of taken over the house. So I kind of, yeah. kind of spaced out a little bit. I bought me some acres down in Arizona might you know get ready to settle down and out there but uh, it's not too far i mean it's only an hour away so yeah uh, 
But because uh, Vegas is nice, but you know, as I got older, the partying and stuff kind of got old. And so I was just like, you know, I mean, but it's good for the weather right now. It's starting to heat up. I mean, I don't yeah. know how it is in the Midwest, but oh, it's bad right now. It is <laughs> terrible right now. It's snowing everywhere. Yeah, I see. So you know, it's it's about to, it's going to be within the seventies uh, in the next few days here. So that's perfect. So what's your daily schedule like in Vegas? Um, I work out usually in the morning. I go to the gym, give me about an hour and a half lift in. And, you know, I, I lift on one day to get my cardio and core on one day. But my day usually starts about 5, 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, then about 10, I go and I do my basketball sessions from about 10 to 11.45. Um, and then I come home and um, help the kids with their, you know, with their virtual schooling. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the process of opening a few businesses and looking at getting a few Jimmy Johns and things like that. So we're kind of. So uh, I try to keep my time busy by being productive. Yeah. You know, so, um, so, th- so and, I mean, and that's pretty much just my everyday is workout, workout, um, kids, and then business. What has that been like, you know, helping your kids with virtual school? Now I know it's like crazy, isn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness, man. It's so difficult. It's, and I say difficult because of the interaction for the kids, that public and that physical interaction for kids are, are huge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, you, and it's just kind of like with the virtual, you got to sit there and really make sure they're doing their work because they can get easily distracted because they're at home. Yeah. So what I do is I make my kids get up. I make them brush their teeth. I make them eat breakfast. I make them get dressed. Mm-hmm. So you got to get dressed. Like you ain't no sitting in the house, pajamas, things like that. So <laughs> now you got to get up, you got to get dressed. And I do that even with my nieces and nephews. Hey, get up, get dressed, you know, but it does help. The one thing I do, I do love about it. We can go to Detroit and they can still be doing their schooling. I, I love that. So, um, but um, the schools here are opening up soon, believe it or not. They're on March. They're talking about opening up. So, okay. So that'd be a lot better. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, man, you know, to end this off, you know, you know, what was your favorite, you know, basketball memory uh, that you had in your career other than, you know, getting your jersey retired probably, but uh, you know, your, your favorite, you know, in general basketball memory. Um, honestly, my favorite basketball memory, honestly, man, was, I would have to say overall would be, um, the people I met along the way. Um, and it started at Indiana. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that. I mean, um, with, um, I know I talk to DJ all the time. I talk to uh, Jordan all the time. I know Eric's busy, but from time to time, he, he, he decides when he decides he can get back and write me <laughs> back on, on my DM. He does. <laughs> so, I mean, but, uh, you know, it's starting there. You know, I, t- I still talk to this Coach Sampson to this day, Coach Ray to this day. So it started there to for them relationships to still grow, like you said, over 14 some years, man, is amazing. And to still have that is amazing to know we still can laugh about, hey, man, you remember that time we was walking through the dorms? <laughs> and, you know, to have that is huge, man. And and and, and just a lot of other people I met along the way, you know, I, I met some good people in uh, Pooh Jitter and uh, uh, Jeremy Pargo. And and I mean, uh, you know, a lot of great guys, man, um, that I've I, that really we bonded, you know, throughout so i would say for my greatest moment of basketball is meeting the people i met today and and, and you too i mean I, <laughs> I was, i've been following you man and yeah and, and time to time we chatted up and so it's i mean them things like that are important to me yeah because so i would have to say eight moments. years old man <laughs> yeah. Dude, man. <laughs> yeah so man them, them are the them are the that's important to me huge mm. 
Well, obviously, you know, thank you for, you know, doing this. You know, I hope to definitely get you on the podcast, you know, another time too. Uh, you know, but, you know, obviously, you know, thank you. We all see, you know, you, you know, you, you're very busy. You know, you have this, you know, long, hefty schedule. But, you know, thank you for taking your time out. Oh, man, I appreciate you, man. I couldn't give, hey, man, when it was you, I said, oh, I'll, turn, <laughs> I'll turn some stuff around, man. So anytime, anytime you ever need me or be a guest or whatever, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be more than happy, man. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm honored that you thought of me. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you.